friends, what a privilege to be together. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about so many anecdotes that we can, that you can share to, to start, um, to start a sermon. And my wife just showed me that, um, friends, we, every third Sunday, we just open our house for anyone who wants to come for coffee. So if you want to come for coffee, I don't know if you sleep on Sunday, but it's definitely from there. And I ranks, okay. But about 3 3.30 this afternoon, if anyone, if you're here, you want to figure out what the church is about. If you just want to spend some time with people, you're welcome to come to our place around 3.30. We'll, we'll make a slide and put our address on there. And you're welcome. You don't, yeah, see, this is, if you want to bring cake, bring cake. Cake is always a welcome at my place. <laughs> you can see that. Um, and... Uh, but just, yeah, it's just an open invitation just for some fellowship and fun. You guys are very welcome. And uh, it's not just for new people. It's for anyone in church. All right. Friends, but without sharing any anecdotes, I just think that we need to, we need to head straight into what we're preaching about. We're preaching faith factor. I don't want to block the slides. I know some of you guys won't be able to see the slides. But faith, if you understand faith, you see that faith is something that is based in God's character. The word that always follows faith is faith in and faith over. Alright, now the faith in, it's in God. And there's a, there's a quote that Linda shared with me this, after, this, this uh, week. And it's Tim Keller that talks about the gospel and he says, Every single problem in this world is related to people... We have either not heard, nor believed, or nor applied the gospel of Jesus Christ in their, into their lives. He says, every problem in the world is a gospel problem, because only the gospel can solve the problem. And when we talk about faith, we talk about faith in God. And this morning, got up very early, and I just had a moment of prayer, and I just said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to your people? What do you want to say to the church? And I was reminded of this scripture in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 that says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Faith in who? Faith in a God that heals. Faith in the God that can heal a land because people are willing to look at him and not to politicians, not to other people, not to churches, not to individuals but a God that can that can heal a land one thing that every disciple needs to walk with God and succeed in life is faith but you need to understand who you have your faith in then Tozer A.W. Tozer one of my favorite writers he writes he says he says Living by informed faith is like a life characterized by a stream flowing down a mountain. Living by human faith is characterized like someone who carries a pail of water up a mountain. Who of you sometimes feel in your relationship with God you're carrying a pail of water up the, up the hill? Okay, there's, there's some takers there. And Toza said, if we understand the object of our faith, if we understand who this God is that we're worshipping, he says, faith will be like the grace that draws the stream down the mountain. It, it, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not something that is forced. It's not something that, 
that you try to give birth to. It's something that flows. But when you do not understand God and when you understand religion, you will literally live your life like that guy who picks up a pail of water and keeps on walking up the hill. And you just hope that you make the top with a little bit left in the bucket. Who's living like that, friends? Many. I believe that God, I believe that God calls you to be stronger in faith at the end of your life than what you were than what you were when you started out. In this world, we have sold a religion, and Steve Murrell writes in his book, and he says, by 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 us not understanding and not studying the gospel properly, many well-meaning pastors and doomies and, and reverends are keeping millions of people captive in a mediocre Christian living where they just hope they make the end. And they just they hope they can stumble into heaven alive. <coughs> That's not the faith we learn about in the Bible. That's not the faith. Friends, faith, when it takes hold of you, it makes you something dangerous. It makes you who God created you to be. And it's all founded, it's all bound in the foundation of you understanding who God is. I sometimes sit with people and then, you know, as a pastor, you know, pastors have all the answers, eh? I've got a surprise for you, but there's, you know, I sometimes sit with people and then they say, man, I've got this crisis and, I, and I'm going through this and, and without being, without really, honestly, without not, I don't want to be nasty to them, but my question is, how's your time in the Bible? And then they say, and then literally, the people that's honest, I once had a moment with two guys. I sat with two guys, and the one guy looked me in the face, and he said, I haven't read my Bible once this week, and I haven't prayed once this week. But I'm with you, pastor. Looked at the other guy, I said, how are you doing? Said the same thing. I said, have you read the Bible once this week? And he said to me, I haven't read it once this week. And I said, how can you breathe without touching the source of life, the pneuma, the spirit of God? I can understand why you don't have faith. And that's what we want to talk about, friends, because God wants to stir you up. He wants to fill the church up with men and women of faith that will walk on water when it's needed. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and, and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and, I, and you will find rest for your souls. That is the God that we serve. That is the God in whom we place our faith. Why are we all so tired? Maybe because we don't understand this God. Maybe you miss His face. Maybe you miss His voice. And I tell you, this is a God that responds to the weakest attempt at God. Just, I'm just here for you. So if we, don't, if we don't understand the source of our faith, we will never understand the application of it. And that is the whole heart behind the sermon series. You must listen to Luan's sermon last week. It is powerful it will settle you and i'm going to quote a few things that he said and i'm going to read the same scripture that he read because we are focusing on hebrews 11 it's the hall of faith 
And if you look at the context of Hebrews 11, I want to speak to you like leaders today. I want to speak to you like the church that reads their Bibles. If you read Hebrews 10, you see an exposition of God. You are confronted by God Almighty that pitches up in your room and He says, this is who I am. I don't care what the world says about me. I don't care what culture defines me. I don't care how culture wants to put me in a box and say, yes, it happened in the disciples' time, but it's not the same anymore. Don't expect miracles from me in 2021. You know, because I'm not a God of miracles. I'm not sovereign anymore. I'm not a God that expects wholehearted worship anymore. I guess live Jesus. Because that's, been, that's what's been sold to my people. And you know what? If what's been sold to my people is, if, if that is the package that sells, if that is the package that is well branded in the shop and people pick it off the shelf, I'd rather just be consumed than not to be touched at all. That's not the God we serve, my dear friend. It's still the God of the Bible. It's still the God that does miracles. It's still the God that blesses His children with baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's still the God that wants to heal your diseases. It's still the God that wants to empower you with a gospel that can change the world. It's still the God that will change you. No, but it's gentle Jesus, meek and mild. It's living Jesus in a crib. Tell that to my friend George in Pretoria, who's addicted to heroin. Very wealthy computer expert. I don't know what these computer geeks are doing. But this guy, because of his profession, very wealthy, very successful in the world's eyes, but addicted to heroin. What a contradiction. Because of all his money, he was able to go to four of the best rehab centers in Gauteng. And after every single moment, or after every single rehab moment, he defaulted back to his own, to his old things. I can remember one morning a friend of his dragged him to church and he got saved. It was just a moment where he just said, man, I want to, God, I can't. He bowed both his knees before Jesus because it's very easy to bow one knee before Jesus. It's a whole different ballgame to bow to this dude bowed two knees in front of Jesus. He was in my connect group and I can remember we had connect group 5.30 in the winter in the training center in our Pretoria church. He's this coat, this fruch, and I don't feel like a Christian till about 7 o'clock in the morning. So this was tough. <laughs> and I can remember here George comes in and Willem Arvier comes in, my good friends, and they should just sit down. And I just said to them, guys, Let's leave the one-to-one bookie for the... What did God do in your life in the past three, four months? And here's George. And he's not telling me a story about Libby Jesus. He says, when I gave my life to Jesus, when I got saved three months ago, that Sunday morning, I didn't know what to expect. But I said to God, God, if you take this away from my life, if you take my heroin addiction away from my life, I would be eternally grateful, Lord. He got saved. He didn't have one moment of detox um, symptoms. Not one withdrawal. Still the Jesus that considered heroin addict free from heroin in a second. Didn't have one detox moment. 
He said to me, Mike, you will not believe what's happening in my life. I leave work early. I said to him, I don't understand why you are saying this. He says, a heroin addict don't want to be close to people that they love because they only hurt them. He says, I'm leaving work early nowadays because I want to be with my wife and my child. And you tell me, leaving, he says, it's also. You don't serve a meek God, friends. You don't serve a God that looks at you and says, man, I'm going to keep you in a mediocre life. So we need to settle who this God is, otherwise faith will never make sense to you. You will always be carrying your pail of water like Jack and Jill up the hill. Well, they went to fetch one, but anyway. <laughs> I'm sure carrying it down the hill is as difficult as carrying it up. Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3. Now faith, now faith, now, now, now faith. Not then faith. Now faith. Exposit the word, friends. Just read the words. Now faith. Now I'll, I'll start living by faith when my business is succeeding and I have millions coming in. Then I'll start living by faith. No. Live by faith now because I promise you if you don't do it now, you'll, you won't do it then. Don't tell me about your then faith. Tell me about your now faith. That gets you on your knees. That gets you humiliated. That gets you dirty before God. And just say, God, that's true. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your mercy. I am rebellious. I am full of nonsense, Lord. And you are true and you are holy. Now faith. Do not tell me about then faith. Friends, then faith will never happen. I can remember, you know, listen, I'm not a faith giant. From Falinda. Okay, you know, if you want to find out about a man, just ask his wife. She'll tell you the truth. Oh, you're awesome. I love you. <laughs> I'm so glad I married her because she, she's got faith. But friends, there, there was a moment in my life, even before I met Linda, <laughs> And I can remember reading all these books about the faith heroes in this world. And I just thought to myself, I can remember. And it was by God's grace, by the Holy Spirit, by His just gentle tugging on my heart that I just, I can remember praying and I said to God, God, I don't want to live on other people's uh, testimonies. I want my own. And then an opportunity arose and I went to China. I know, yay, there's lacquer in China. You know why? Because I found testimonies in China. I saw miracles. I saw how we walked through a military checkpoint with scanner machines. And I had bags full of Bibles. And if they catch you with Bibles, they don't, listen, as a Westerner, they don't do much to you. They can deport you, but they can, uh, anyway, my Chinese means she's just clean, so it's not that bad. <laughs> Alright? And I saw how God blinded the eyes of the scanner man because I saw his screen that he was looking at and I saw that screen was white and it was not Bibles I see Bibles the scanner said it's like a white block you can see nothing through it I saw God do that I can tell you about miracles that he did because friends there is no sense in living your life based on other people's faith you will always be Board because you're always going to compare yourself to other people and then you're always going to compete with them. Because my faith is not as big as Ronaldo's. 
oh, I'm a failure. So if you compare yourself to Ronaldo, you'll compete with him and then you will be incomplete. Now faith is the title deed of things. This is the Amplified. You're going to enjoy this. Now faith is the title deed of things divinely guaranteed, the conviction that cannot be, the, the conviction of what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. By this kind of faith, the men and women of old gained divine approval from God. By trust and confidence in God, we understand that the world, humanity and history are formed, ordered and purposed by God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. I don't want to, you can dig into this yourself. Go study this yourself. It's such a deep, deep, deep scripture. Luan preached on his last week. Here's a few things that stood out for me from, from Luan's sermon. I'd rather die with faith than live with fear. In Romans it says, For those who by the fear of death, who by the fear of death live their lives, in bondage. I would rather live by fear. I'm sorry, live by faith. Than the, I would rather die in faith than live in fear. It's like the walking dead. Every one of these topics, is, or every one of these points. Luan, well done. We have faith in a creator, not in creation. You have two choices. You can either trust creation or you can trust the creator. You have faith. You're using all your faith every single day. But you are either placing it in God or in creation. And you know how gracious God is. That God is okay with that in the beginning. But then he starts turning you step by step and step. And that is called maturity. Because the more you put your faith in God, the more you find him. Israel saw... Goliath in relation to themselves but through faith David saw Goliath in relation to God and we know the end of the story we know how this short little man sorted the big boy out by faith faith goes beyond our physical lives when we celebrate the pink party when we celebrate these little young men and women walking down to kids church Friends, they are looking at us. And what will they see in us? Because if you read Hebrews 11, you see Abel's death, Abel's blood still testifies even after his death. God help us to raise up a generation, these little ones, that when they, when they, when they experience discomfort, when they experience the challenges of this life, they can think, but man, I can remember um Emil, how he lived. I can remember um Ronaldo. I can remember Tanishani. I can remember um Dirk. I can remember the people, uh, Uncle George, as he shared his testimony. I can remember these people. And they did that and they succeeded. They succeeded. They succeeded. Because they, they linked their faith to a God. Faith, friends, will not just transform your life. It will work in you and through you. So when we speak about faith in a religious context, in the average Christianity that nowadays is being applauded, it's all about me, Jesus, for my glory and my fame. And all this is for me, Jesus, 
Faith works in you and through you. Then verse 4, Hebrews 11.4, it talks about Abel. A faith action and God's commendation and the legacy left. Then verse 5 talks about Enoch and Enoch's interaction with God and God being pleased with him so much so that he said, Enoch, just come walk with me. You live a life. I'm so attracted to the way you relate to me. Just come walk with me. And Enoch didn't even die. Can't find his body anyway. And then we get to verse 6. And this is what I want to get into. I want to show you four things about faith. <coughs> Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. Now if you take that, if you go back to the original translation, to the original text language, that word please God means walk with God and please Him. It speaks about a walking and a pleasing. It speaks about an interaction and it reminds me of that scripture, those who know their God will do great exploits. Those who know their God will do great exploits. Alright, so without faith it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. Who wants to please God here? I promise you, you didn't get up this morning early thinking, I'm going to go to church because it's the lack of thing to do. I'm not a good waker in the morning. I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but there's a there's a dynamic there friends where you are not in church because you don't want to you want to please God you want to please God but then it goes on and it says without faith it is impossible to please God walk with him and please him that talks about faith interaction do not tell me that you have faith. Do not tell me that faith lives in you if you never see God. Alexander Smith, the ninja that's leading our church in Bloemfontein, he says, don't tell me about a God that you haven't seen this past week. Now, if you're religiously minded, you think, well, oh, that's quite religious, seeing Jesus. Yes. You heard his voice the past week? He wants to speak. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Faith starts with an interaction. Holy Spirit, come reveal the Father to your people. It starts with an interaction. It doesn't start with knowledge. It doesn't start with a book that you read. It starts with an interaction. Have you, are you struggling to hear the voice of God? Listen, if there's... Honest people, yeah, I think most people will raise their hands. And say, so I struggle to hear the voice of God. And I want to say to you, that's fine. But I want to say to you, don't settle and don't let that define your interaction with Jesus. Because if you get yourself alone, and if you get to a place and you say, God, I'm not moving from this spot. Lord, I'm staying here until I hear your voice. I say to you, I say to you in Jesus' name, you will hear God's voice. Because He's a Father in heaven and He's passionate about you. And He wants to speak to you. And not only does He want to speak to you, He wants to lead you. I'm, I'm busy building a relationship with, with a man I love and I, I love him dearly. And I can remember 
a while back, he said to me, man, if I look at the, the way my life is going, I've got proof that I can't help myself. And I thought, okay, fine, there's truth. God can work with that. God can work with that. I'm not going to tell you how old, how old he is, but he's older than me. Okay, a little bit. I'm sorry for him. Okay, because that water runs easily. But the point that I want to make is in his life to the point that he's at, it's almost like, listen, I've got statistical proof that religion doesn't work. I've got statistical proof that the way I follow Jesus doesn't work. I need help. And he's humble enough to say, I need help. And you know what God will give you when you say that? He will give you help. He will send someone to you. That couple that Linda mentioned when we're doing that outreach, was Elmira. Elmira, that's Elmira. Alright. Join him Saturday morning. You will be blessed, friends. We walked around Ilanga together and this dude was standing outside the shop as many men do when their women, sh uh, when their women shop, when, they, when their wives shop. Walked up to him, just started a conversation and I said to him, you know what? I just want to tell you that God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. I don't know where you stand with God, but I tell you there's a Father in Heaven that will send someone on Saturday morning to come to you, to tell you that He loves you. And that He wants to have a relationship with you. And this guy looked at me and he says, you will not believe what happened this morning. And I said to him, what happened? He said, when I got into the car this morning to drive to the mall, I looked at my wife and I said to her, we need to find a church and we need to fix our relationship with God. How does that work, friend? Gentle Jesus, meek and mild? No. There's nothing gentle about that. There's a God that will step into your life and He will give you exactly what you need, not exactly what you want. He will give you, listen to me, exactly what you need. Faith will always give you exactly what you need. Don't confuse the two. Don't confuse the two. God is still God. And we are still His children. And my sheep hear my voice and they what me. No, no, no. Nowadays, the sheep take the shepherd for a walk. It's like taking a staffy for a walk. You don't take it for a walk. It takes you for a walk. A pit bull. Okay, but if you take a pit bull for a walk, you are the submissive one. Okay. <laughs> Friends, when you get to God, you work with God. Gillian David, he's leading our Every, Every Nation Church in, in uh, Cape Town. And he says, it's, isn't it, is it not interesting that the Holy Spirit is referred to as a dove? He's as harmless as a dove. He says you can train a pigeon. Sure. You can train a pigeon. Can you train a dove? Nee, A dove train you nie. Jy volg a dove. A pigeon follows you. So when, the, when, when God, when the God in whom we put our faith steps into our lives, He is as harmless as a dove, but He will not ask you, or sorry, He will not say to you, I will follow you. He is the senior party in the relationship. 
And when we wrestle with faith, we need to understand that without faith, it is impossible to please, to walk with God, to follow God, to please Him. That's faith into action. For whoever draws near to God must believe that God exists. And He is exactly who He says that He is. Friends, but I tell you that we can build this liver Jesus mentality of God and you will completely miss it and you will despise church and you will despise Christianity and everyone will look at you and say, I don't want to be like you are. I don't want to live that life. Sat down with a man a while back and he looked at me and he says, I don't like church men. And I said to him, why don't you like church men? And he says, because they, they actually, they, 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 they're spineless. And, 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 and I said to him, well, why? And he says, you know, because you look at them and the things they say on Sunday and the things you see in Wednesday, Tuesday and Thursday in their lives just doesn't line up. It's because they're leading Jesus. Jesus is not leading them. We must believe that God exists and He is a rewarder. Billy Graham spoke in one of his sermons about the scripture that says God so loved the world and he says you have to start with God. And Billy Graham mentioned three points about the existence of God that no one can refute. God exists. God exists. Go speak to George and ask him if God is real. Go speak to George and ask him if God is living Jesus. You must believe that God exists. Friends, He is God today as He was in the Bible. I will never change. In Malachi it says, I am the Lord your God and I will never change. In the book of Narnia it says, He's not a tame lion. He's not a tame God. God exists. That's faith facts. And He rewards, faith rewards, and He rewards those who diligently seek Him. He rewards those who diligently seek Him. There's a faith reward that will be a God reward. And that is what I said earlier. God will give you, friend, listen to me, exactly what you need. Faith is not a, a recipe to get what you want. It's what you need. And when you get what you need, you stand back and you are overwhelmed by this God. God is no man's debtor. Whether you give God time, whether you give God treasures, whether you give God talents, whether you give God your business, whether you give God your relationships, He will reward you. And it will be a godly reward. It will not be the psychological marriage, marriage counseling. How to have a better marriage in three steps. How to have a six pack in three minutes. I've tried that. In the killer face. There's faith rewards. That is faith rewards. I tell you. And every single time. And that is what Linda's going to be talking about next week. Friends, you must come next week. Bring friends with. Because I tell you, faith rewards is not just for you. It's for that person that you're reaching out to. There is faith rewards. Maybe because the good people need to get a bit better. 
Maybe because the goodheid is not Godheid. And God wants to show by bringing tough times. He doesn't want to give you faith in tough times. He wants to reveal to you the lack of faith or the abundance of faith that you have. You, you, can't, you can't miss next week's sermon. Because what he said about Abraham, listen, and you want to, friends, I can buy a pussy for Ochen, but I truly believe it's by the Spirit. I truly believe that. It talks about Abraham in Romans 4 verse 20, and he says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, for he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to the Lord. So why would God make bad things happen to good people? It's because He wants to build a faith that is stronger at the end than what it was in the beginning. When you overcome the obstacle, who gets the glory? God. Strong faith. God help me. Because the temptation and the mediocrity of this world and the way we preach the gospel nowadays is just stay, just, just stay a Christian before. Before you die, then you can maybe make it to heaven. No, man, I tell you, you know what? I'm really, really, really praying that one day that the last two minutes of my life will be characterized by the greatest faith in my life. I'm really trusting God for that because I'm sick and tired of people pointing a finger to a God that says, Yo, I hope me can. It's nonsense. So the faith, what is the last two things? The faith reward. Friends, God wants to reward you. That's why I started with the two scriptures. I will heal the land. God is God that heals. Do you need healing today? Do you need healing? God will heal you. And then he and then the second scripture that I read is, He will grant you rest. Augustine says, my soul, is, my soul is restless until I find my peace, my rest in thee. Do you need healing and do you need rest? God is the God that will give it to you. God is the God that will apply it to you. Who's been to a fissure in the last couple of months? Stick up your hand. Please forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. You know why? Because a fissure gives you what you need, not what you want. And what's the result? What's the result? Bruises. Bruises and healing. God loves you. He loves us and He wants us to be dangerous friends. Those who diligently seek Him, faith responds. When you see the pattern, when you see a faith interaction, here's God coming to reveal Himself to you. Then you see the faith fact of God doesn't just interact with you, He reveals Himself as God to you because now you know it's true. Okay? Then step three is faith rewards. Then God saves you. Then you see a faith response. Because only then, only then if step one, two, and three is in place, will step four make sense. Otherwise, 
Otherwise, I always have to ask you to worship God. I have to beg you, please worship Jesus with your relationships. Please worship Jesus with your time. I tell you what, if you had an interaction with God, if you understand God is who He says He is, and if you understand that God rewards and God is faithful and you experience the fact that He saved your life, then worship will be an outflow. Then it's water running down a hill, not buckets being carried up a hill. That's faith. Study Hebrews 11. Abel. Faith's reward to Abel was he was accepted. Faith's reward to Abel was he was commended by God. And faith's reward to Abel was he left a legacy. Okay, then the next person mentioned is Enoch. Faith's reward to him, he was taken up by God. Do you want to be close to God? There we go. Noah, he was an heir of righteousness. Abraham, he received an inheritance. He received a covenant from God. And he saw what no eye could see. He received a son. Sarah, the same thing. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. I can go through the whole of Hebrews 11. And for every single one of those people, I can give you a list. And I made this column because I'm extremely organized. In my notes... And every single one of those guys has a faith reward. Every single one of those guys has a faith response. And listen a bit to their faith responses. The first guy sacrificed. Enoch spent time with God. He was intimate with his father. Noah lived in reverence, reverent obedience to God. Fear. The reverent fear of God. He built an ark. He suffered rejection. Abraham obeyed. He went out of his own land. He went out of his own riches and he dwelt in tents. I can give you, a, I can give you an elaboration on every single one of these people. And, they, and the acts of their lives, the way they lived their lives in the world will not make sense. Because why, Abraham, would you leave a two-story house with flushing toilets in Mesopotamia to go dwell in tents in a desert that no one wants? I don't understand your actions. It's because you do not know my God. And then we look at Christians and we say, Oh, you live a radical life. No, you don't live a radical life. It's you just haven't met my God yet. You just haven't met Jesus. That's why my faith actions doesn't make sense to you. Friends, it makes perfect sense to give God your whole life. All your time. All your treasures. All your talents. All your relationships. All your dreams. Because he is like a dove. And he will lead you. And he will lead you to streams of living waters. And he will give you peace. And his rod and his staff will comfort you. That's the God we serve. That's the God in whom we place our faith. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, Lord. Lord, we want to express you unblamed, unhindered, Father, that people will see Jesus, that they will see God. Father, we want, to, we want to cry out, Father God, Jesus Christ is Lord over this city, Lord. Father, but right now there are people sitting here, Lord, Father, and I pray for grace upon their lives.
her good, good father. Friend, you can trust him. Don't trust me, trust him. Trust God. Put your faith in him. If you need to get saved today, if you know, I don't, I don't know how this sermon will tie to salvation, but if you know you need to get saved today, you need to get saved today. Don't you do not leave here until you put your hand in his hand. If you feel that you are carrying that bucket of water up the hill constantly, you're just carrying a bucket of water up the hill, you are missing God. You will be exhausted and disillusioned. I want to pray with you. And I believe that the Spirit of God wants to do something in your life.